So hello everyone, uh, this is one of our coexist meeting and um, it's part of the Unabridged MD podcast today. I'm so excited to have with us Erica, who is uh, recently has transitioned uh, uh, to um, woman. So I have so many questions already from that. Um, like the, uh, how do you talk? and how you say things so that's a uh, mm -hmm. thing this podcast may not be for everyone so if you are sensitive if you're upset about anything just this is just one of our coexist meeting which where we invite people who we think are super interesting and have something to share so that we can all coexist and we can all learn from each other and um Uh, and then I'm just going to do my advertisement as usual. If you are looking for a rheumatologist that truly cares in the Denver and Colorado area, I am she. We are open and you can contact us at info at onabridgemd.com. Uh, all right. So Erica, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me. Yes. It's a pleasure. You have told us that you would answer any questions. I have a lot of dumb questions, so I apologize in advance. Mm -hmm. Um, can you tell us a little bit your story? And I'm, I won't talk. Uh, tell us your story. Like, tell us who you are, where you're coming from, and how you, dis how you realize, or maybe you have always realized that you were a woman, how you realize that. Like, Well, if, if, at first, if you don't mind, I'd like to just introduce myself. My name is Erica. Um, I am a wife. I am a mother. Um, I have a career. Um, I've had the same job for 25 years. Um, I own my own home. Um, I live my life much as everyone that's attending lives their lives. You know, I go to the grocery store, pay my bills, I vote, and I'm also a transgender woman. And um, I know pronouns are in the news a lot. A lot of people are upset about having to use pronouns. But I will um, ask you to please refer to me as she and her. Um, I have always known that I was different. Um, I never knew quite how or why, but I never quite fit in um, for as long as I could remember. Um, and I struggled with my um, identity and my sexuality for most of my life, um, not knowing really who I was, until the early 2000s when my um, mother um, came to visit me in Colorado, and she brought me a book that she said that she thought I would enjoy, and it was a memoir by um, transgender author Jennifer Finney Boylan and it was called She's Not There and it's a very famous book. So I read the book, it changed my life but also scared the dickens out of me because I realized I was transgender but I didn't know where to go from that point on And I was also in a very difficult place in my life. Um, I was going through a very difficult divorce. And I know some people here have probably been through that before. And, um, and I was really concerned about the custody of my children. And also, um, one of the other things is I was really concerned about how I'd be accepted among my co-workers and among my peers. Um, I had a great deal of shame 
uh, once I realized I was transgender. So I buried it for 20 years, um, close to 20 years, maybe 18 years, I think. And, um, and then a series of events um, prompted me to finally come out. And that was in October of 2020 when I finally started telling people who I was. And I started to, I called my healthcare provider to see if I could get counseling or therapy to try to figure out where to go from here. And uh, here I am today um, in front of you folks. Yeah, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for sharing that. So, so I have a lot of questions. Okay. Um, the first thing is, um, and I think I'm going to start with the pronouns. Okay. It, it's, I, I will tell you the reason I'm so um, touched that you're coming is that I have encounters in my practice with people who are transsexual, and there's always some odd moments, either by me because I don't know how to refer to them or anything, and, and also because I think it's so clear for me what my sexuality is and what my pronouns are that I don't understand necessarily why there would be sometimes like them being upset. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I think the first question I have for you is why is it so important to refer to you as she or her? If you were to say him or him to me, I would mm -hmm. be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like, I mean, you don't know how to speak English and that's all, you know, like, but why is it so important? And uh, so that we can understand and we can refer to the people we love and we care for, including our patients, of mm -hmm. course, properly. Um, I will say that um, transsexual isn't really used very much anymore. It is a passe um, um, description, um, you know, um, of people who have um, transitioned. And it's usually used, was used in the past for people who have medically transitioned. Got it. But now transgender is a blanket term for everyone who has a gender identity, um, you know, different from their um, birth. Um, mm -hmm. And um, so, and to start with that, and then why pronouns are so important. Um, personally, I don't get too upset anymore when I'm misgendered. It's often by a friend or someone who's known me for years. Mm -hmm. um, and they still remember me before I transitioned. And occasionally, and um, strangers will misgender me, but um, and that will happen. Um, I'm over six feet tall, and, um, and, and, um, and people, when they see me from behind, they just automatically, or at least they assume that I must be male. And I can deal with that. The biggest reason to use the proper pronouns, I would think, would be for safety, especially in since uh, transgender people, transgender, transgender children, are in the middle or on the front line of the current culture war. Um, it's really important to get our pronouns correctly because we could be in a situation where, if somebody were to find that we were transgender, um, would want to harm us or would see us as a threat. So that's probably the biggest reason to use the correct pronouns. Um, there are some people, um, whether they're transgender or non-binary, um, that uh, do take a personal offense to it, but it's difficult these days, um, I think, to try to figure out 
who is what and whatever. Mm -hmm. I think the best thing to do is to just, if you're not sure, just ask. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, you know, people won't be offended. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Thank you. No, oh, thank you. It's true. Mm -hmm. I, I think that there's so much. Uh, we don't want to hurt. Right. Exactly. And and so we were talking to about this earlier that um, it's almost taboo. Like we don't talk, we don't ask, and we don't say anything because we don't want to hurt. Mm -hmm. But you were also saying, I wish people were asking me so that it, it could be out, right? Mm -hmm. Like it could be something that I can exactly. share. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Do you want to talk about this a little bit? Well, what I meant by that is that people who know that I'm in the process of transition um, are not afraid to ask me questions um, about my transition. I think people are very fearful they're going to hurt my feelings or ask me an inappropriate question. Um, like, one of the biggest questions that's asked, and it's kind of um, not the, the best question, is, um, are you having the surgery? And mm -hmm. that's kind of a big taboo. Um, because you, there's a misconception in our society that in order to be transgender, whether you're an adult or a child, that automatically requires some type of gender-affirming surgery, mm -hmm. whether it is um, having your, your genitals altered or having a breast augmentation or having top surgery for a transgender man where you're having your breast tissue removed. People just automatically assume that is what's going to happen if you're transgender. So, and that is not the case. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to have any hormone therapy to be transgender. You don't have to have any kind of surgery to be transgender. You just have to have a gender identity that is opposite of the, the gender that you were assigned at birth. Mm -hmm. So, is that... Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that helps. So, more question. And you okay. have the... You can say no, I won't answer this question. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> of course. Um, how, did you, how did you know that you were a woman? Um, I had... That's... I really... I knew that I was feminine. And um, I have been dressing in women's clothes almost all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, not knowing why, um, with a great deal of shame, um, I had this side to myself, but I did not understand what it was. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so um, when uh, my mother, perhaps she knew, um, I think she probably knew um, who I was. Um, gave me that book that helped me realize or give me an idea of what the, you know, path before me was. Um, and it just took me, you know, over a decade to try to figure mm -hmm. that out. But um, it's just pretty common for most women of my age who, who, trans who transition, pardon me, um, to have the same story where you try to express your femininity um, through cross-dressing either in public or in private 
but have so much shame about it because you think there's something wrong with you. You think that um, that you have a mental issue, that you need psychological or psychiatric help. Um, and so we go through periods of where we'll start to build our wardrobe up, our secret wardrobe, and then we get ashamed and we throw it all away, put it in a big you know, trash bag and throw it in the dumpster and in the middle of the night, hoping nobody will follow you to the dumpster to look inside the trash bag and find your secrets. I wish I had, because I could have like more <laughs> wardrobe. You know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure you have I mean, pretty good taste. <laughs> I should have. So, <laughs> Where is the stash? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. And, and um, because you, you fear or you think that If your family, if your your spouse, if your children, if your your parents, siblings find out who you really are, everybody is just going to like disown you. So And they're going to re ask you to leave the family, never come back. No more Thanksgiving, no more Christmas. So actually, I I wanna I wanna touch a little bit about that shame because I I, I want to know why why. So right, there's this shame before, and then there is a day where you're like, you know what, that this is who I am. How how do you get that courage to be like, this is who I am, and you're gonna have to accept me like this? It you get to a point where you just cannot continue to live a lie, because you're not only being dishonest to yourself, you're being dishonest to everyone you love everyone and how are you supposed to have an honest relationship how are you supposed to have a deep lifelong relationship with the people around you that you love if you can't not if you can't be honest with who you are about who you are and so eventually that 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 fear of of that 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 shame gets and um gets to a point where you just have i'm not saying this correctly but um It gets to a point where you you just can't live like that mm -hmm. anymore, and um, it's either you transition or you die, oh. um, and that's basically what happens. It's either I have to do this or I cannot continue to live my life as it is. Mm -hmm. <coughs> yeah. So it's almost like from shame you're like just have this courage mm -hmm. of just living who you are. I don't know if it's courage, and I thank you for saying that. It's often described as courage. I'm sure there's some courage um, involved, but I really don't feel like I had much choice. I mean, I my fear is that I was going to die and never be my authentic self, in that you know, and and that I wasn't really going to live life. Fully, that I always was going to live life just halfway. Mm -hmm. So it was just I, I had to do it. And then once you make up your mind and you tell your the people that are closest to you what's going on and you deal with their fears and their concerns, then you can start making the steps with your therapist, with your with your healthcare providers, your endocrinologist. <coughs> Mm -hmm. And finally trying to figure out who you are and how you're going to become that mm -hmm. person. And how does that feel now? Um, it is incredible. Um, I, my life has changed. Um, I, 
Ken, I never imagined that I would be so blessed in friends, in social groups, um, with everyone that's here tonight. Never in my wildest dreams would I have ever imagined this. And I suddenly have the courage, there's that word again, to be myself and live to the best of my ability without fear. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it, I don't, can't say that it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I've done some difficult things, but um, it, it, is one, it is one of the hardest things I've ever done and one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. And I am, despite being in the crosshairs of the culture war right now, I am incredibly happy. And I'm very happy to be here, too. Thank you. It's very cool. So, <clears throat> I have, like, so you you, you have uh, transition, um, and you're saying that you're feeling really good about it. Yeah. Did anyone, like, this this feeling of shame where you were so afraid that people would disown you, did it actually happen with even, even one person? Mm, not that I know of. <coughs> um, as far okay. as my immediate family and extended family, mm-hmm. Um, I'm still in touch with everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do have family drama with my, my brothers. We weren't close before. That really has not changed. But they do know mm-hmm. who I am. And they have expressed their support, mm-hmm. so you know, positively. But I have not really received any negativity. I haven't lost any of my family. I think there are acquaintances I have. And people that were friends that I that I had before, that um, I'm not sure that we'll ever have the same kind of friendship again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to to expand on that, I had friends who really liked the old Eric quite a bit for whatever reason, and I think that when I transitioned in a way that probably broke their heart. So, and they still don't know quite how to cope with it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it, it has been very positive and affirming experience with um, just everybody, everyone I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that, can I refer to you as a kid, as a little boy, or should I do little girl? Um, you can refer to me, you can for a little boy, it's fine, boy? when I was okay. a little boy. Thank you. Um, so do you think that there is something you would say to that little boy if you could, you know, be in the, the head of you when you were a little kid? Oh, my gosh. I mean, um, we all had that parent or that sibling that believed in us more than anything, any anyone else, you know. It may have been your mother or father. For me, it was my sister. Um, and um, I know... I, this is how I look at it. Um, um, I think she knew how to approach me, and so that's how I think I would approach myself at that age. Um, yeah, to, to be able to encourage me to be myself. That's what, what she did. Yeah, um, to have more of my family be able to do that, not be so fearful that I was going to turn out, they thought I was going to turn out and be gay. That's what everyone thought at the time. I understand this was the uh, early 70s, 1970s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if I could speak to myself when I was that young, um, I would tell myself it was, it was, it's going to get better. It would be difficult times. 
There would be people that would want to hurt you and harm you, but it will get better. As long as you surround yourself with people who believe in you and love with, love you, you can make it through. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful, yeah. yeah. I do want to say, are you, you, you still love women. Um, yes. Um, can I elaborate on yes, that? Yes, please do. <laughs> so, one of the big misconceptions is that um, transitioning um, and, and gender identity has to do with sex. Um, gender identity is who you go to bed as. And sexual identity is who you go to bed with. So, I think maybe some of you have heard this before. So, um, and just because I am a transgender woman does not mean that my sexual preference changes with that. It does with some people. Um, but um, for the most part, um, I'm attracted to women and I'm still very much attracted to women. That has not changed with me. So, I went from being a straight man to a lesbian woman. So there you go. Not only am I a transgender woman, but I'm a lesbian too. So, go figure. We're coming out twice today, folks. That's very funny. Okay. That's super funny. No, that's... Uh, yeah, and... and um, do you want... I don't know if you want to, but like, go into like the why in your like your own experience because i'm assuming you can only talk about your own experience like why would you want to change uh everything um that's a really good question and it's a little difficult to describe um you start with the hormone therapy mm -hmm. as an adult um it's different for children and we can get into that later but as an adult um they give you the option to start hormone therapy, which comes with risk. Mm -hmm. um, your um, primary care physician and your endocrinologist explain that to you. Um, um, they have to. Um, and so you try taking estrogen um, or um, a light dose or um, spironolactone, which I think most people have heard of. It's um, one of the properties of spironolactone is that it um, suppresses the production of testosterone mm -hmm. and just to see how you feel. And, um, and I felt incredible. Um, and then um, you decide to proceed with that um, to see what kind of physical changes and how you feel. And, um, and I guess there's a lot of emphasis put on the physical changes of when someone transition but honestly the biggest change is up here the way that you perceive the world the way you interact with people the way you feel the way you think changes drastically in the first three months of um, suppressing the testosterone and introducing estrogen to your body it is the most amazing part of transition um and yeah so and then you're like okay where do i go from here mm -hmm. um do i want to continue on this course do i want to seek any kind of medical transition um i knew um before i took the first estrogen pill that i wanted to have um further um gender affirming surgeries mm -hmm. so um <coughs> 
to put this in perspective, I have been on hormone replacement therapy, which is the combination of estrogen and spironolactone, for um, um, almost, uh, I'd say, um, um, just over two years. Yeah, yeah, two years and half a month. So, wow. or, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. And it has been life changing. So, um, and then the other difficult thing is the social transition, which honestly is the most difficult part. Learning how to navigate the world um, as a woman, um, trying to um, inter- reintroduce yourself to your social circles as your authentic self. Um, that is very frightening. And just going out in the world as yourself um, and then learning how you want to express yourself through your clothes or through your makeup mm-hmm. or you know those things are very difficult um, not to mention the bill for a new wardrobe um, which <laughs> That's is when significant you're like, I should have yes. kept those <laughs> yes but um, but buying clothes is one of the great things about transition <laughs> But, but we have more choices. But not, yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh! Except for the pockets, no pockets. <laughs> oh, you're complaining oh, about what, that what too. What is going about? That? We need more pockets. What is this with guys? no pockets? I mean, um, and, um, but not everyone who transitions um, wants to dress, yeah. you know, so feminine, yeah. or wear makeup, or go get a manicure, um, or or a pedicure. Not everyone wants to do that. Um, I know trans women who still wear jeans and tennis shoes and t-shirts all the time. And they're extraordinarily, extraordinarily beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess, does that answer your question? That, I'm no, kind of no, going no, on tangents No, a no, bit. this, this <laughs> does. Uh, so, I want to thank you so much um, for the auditors of On Average MD because they're going to be able to listen to this. I'm yes. going to close uh, and, and open the floor for discussion because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's more discussion, but okay. because we don't have a microphone for everyone, uh, this is it for the On Average MD podcast. So okay. thank you so, so much, Erika. Uh, this is so useful. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I hope it's going to help uh, everyone that's listening. And uh, again, if you're looking for a rheumatologist <laughs> that cares in the Denver area, I am here. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>